Hello, and welcome back to the JRB Podcast with uh, myself, Ryan Levine, joined here with Jeff Jones and Bowden Temnik. Hello. Yeah, so we just got back from our double event weekend of YCS Mexico City and... Which I hope to never do again. (laughs) And YCS Las Vegas. Um, Yeah, it has been a while since I've done back-to-back events. I know a lot of people now do them all the time. Um, when I did them in 2018, it was super rare and like not a thing people did. And I have not really done them since then, but yeah, it was, it was exhausting, which is weird to say for like, what is essentially a vacation, (laughs) but it was, it was a lot. Um, and I guess before we get into the events, it is because the forbidden and limited list was announced so close to when we left, we never actually recorded an episode on it. I think now it's been long enough. We don't really have to analyze it or give our opinions. We've already had an event with it, but um, they pretty much eviscerated two elements, which is what we said multiple times we think needed to happen. They And then they banned uh, Barrier Statue, Elf, and Scythe, which are also three cards that we've said multiple times uh, should probably not exist. So, yeah, great. You know, I don't think we really have to go over it much more, but on the record, I, we might discuss think it for five seconds. The, well, just really quickly, I think mm-hmm. the Elf hit, is so relevant to everything yes. because like yes in japan so many combos get opened up because elf exists and like now you look at those combo videos and they are just like non-existent for us so it'll be interesting to see what happens when new stuff comes out and it's just like oh yeah this combo requires exactly elf in this exact spot and now it doesn't exist and your deck is terrible yeah <laughs> yeah i mean for sure that is that is um it, it's a card that we've equated to like to like Nightmare Goblin, you know, and stuff like mm. that, where it's just like it just even though it's an archetypal card that very much is supposed to support the sprite deck specifically, it was far too generic mm-hmm. and it just made so many of these combos you mentioned. Like uh, I, I know that they've um got like some super heavy samurai FTK uh in Japan now with the, yeah. with the new cards well, from Cyberstorm Access. I'm- I'm pretty sure they also need Elf for like some of these FDKs. Yeah, no, that, that's what I'm saying. Is like, oh, okay, is like, sure, I'm sure. sure they're still possible, but it's just you just mm. removing a generic tool like Elf makes. You know, now it has to be totally different. It's probably more vulnerable, and I'm sure some aren't even possible. But yeah, I'm I'm more concerned with the uh, the Gishki deck that just didn't even have a oh, chance, <laughs> which I'm okay with. I don't think we needed another another deck like that, honestly to exist no i mean like just as like an engine it's just like oh yeah cool one card like generated so much and now it's just like everyone just had 30 dollar <laughs> 30 dollar gishki abysses now are just sick like the yeah. deck is unplayable but uh, sure. i think that's enough to cover the ban list yeah. like we've had an event afterwards we've seen we've seen the fallout but we can probably get into to mexico now ryan do you want to do want to preface it with uh your your experience leading up to vegas and how much you hate yourself right so um <laughs> So, uh, leading up to Mexico, I guess, um, how we, how we arranged it all was Jeff was actually flying to my city and then we got on the same flight to Mexico and that was supposed to be, it was supposed to make it, you know, easier on us and make, you know, traveling easier. And then we would meet up with everybody in Mexico and our flights were maybe like an hour behind yours and Jesse's. Right. So we ended up meeting up there, but, um, on Monday. I go to enter my information in my in my app for my airline. Um, my passport expired in December, 
and I renewed it. Like I did, I did everything and I got it back. It takes about nine weeks to get your passport back after you mail it in to renew. And I got it back, I want to say less than a week prior. And I start putting in the, the information. I noticed some some stuff on the physical passport is actually like printed wrong. And I freak out and Bowdoin's like, that doesn't matter. Like, And then we look it up and it doesn't matter um, for for most of it. And then I put it in my airline app and it just says, your passport is not valid. And I'm like, hmm, well, it's Monday. That is not good. So I, I also call... want to point out as Ryan, this happens to Ryan, I am sitting in the passport office in my hometown getting my passport for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. as I'm waiting in line, I get a text message to our chat. I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah. And I'm like, well, my God. What about, what about my one where I am packing for a flight the next day? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So, 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 um, in, in all the information, there's a number to call, um, because there's, there's, I believe it's called like the national passport agency or yeah, something like that. And, and I call them and I talk to like infinite different people and they're like, well, if it's not working, then you have to come in and get it renewed. I'm like, okay, great. Or uh, So you do it in person and they have systems set up to get emergency passports or like short notice passports, which is um, what I did. Yeah. Which is what Jeff did because, but he scheduled it earlier like he was he did not schedule it that day like maybe a week and a half or two weeks earlier right yeah you have to do it with it has to be within two weeks so yes. i actually yeah. booked mexico two weeks beforehand yeah and then they were like okay since it's within two weeks you can come in for an appointment yeah um but these appointments very often are are booked and they are very far out from each other if you don't get them like as soon as possible yeah so so i call and the first person i talked to um i explain this situation and they go okay like i take my information down i literally hear them typing i literally hear them typing it into something and then and then he tells me okay like we can get you an appointment like i'll transfer you to the person that does that and i went great and they transfer me to somebody and then they asked me for the exact same information and i go well i just gave this person that information so surely when i do it again it'll work out so I give them my, my information again. And then she tells me there are no appointments. Like you cannot. And I was like, hmm, well, that is not what the first person told me, but I guess that's fine. So then I ask, okay, if I change the parameters, like maybe I get one like the next day or see what happens. And then she's like, nope, if you want to change the parameters, you have to call back. So I have to call them back. And then over the course of like three hours, I think I talked to like six different people. Um, at this point I've told Bowden and Jeff, I don't think I can go that I'm actually getting like, I'm dumb. I did something wrong apparently. And none of this is getting anywhere. Um, eventually Calvin helps me find. So every time I called back, they kept telling me like, there are no appointments within 900 miles of your residence. And I kept telling them, I, I, I will go anywhere. It does not matter. I will go literally anywhere in the United States. I'll go anywhere in the country to get this done on literally 24 hours notice. I do not care. And it was not until the seventh person that what I said, they understood. So Calvin found me an appointment. So our flight left on Thursday and he found an appointment in Houston, Texas, Wednesday morning. I live, I live right outside of DC, which is on the East Coast. So Tuesday night, I took a flight to Texas um, to 
to get a new passport for my Wednesday morning appointment. And thankfully for all of us, we have a very good friend there who lives in Houston. He just moved there a little while ago. And it turned out he lived a less than 10 minute walk from the passport agency. So that worked out very well. I people, guess. people know who Nishad is. Nishad is. You also yeah, just yeah, yeah. teamed see, with him. We also, yeah. So Nishad, <laughs> who we teamed with in Vegas, I, I know. Oh yeah. Uh, check out Seabass on, or hedge fund on TCG player, et cetera. He, uh, he's Todd good. Overflow yes, on Instagram. Literally. Um, so he lives in Houston and I stayed with him Tuesday night. So then I go to the passport office Wednesday morning and on the little email, you, you, you have an appointment time and it says in bold, do not show up earlier than your appointment. Like they say, show up maybe 15 minutes early, but do not show up significantly earlier because they have limited space and you can't just loiter there for like an hour. So I end up showing up around 8.45 for, for my nine o'clock appointment. And I don't know how this is in every city, but in Houston specifically, there was a huge building that just had like every government office. They had like the IRS office in there. They had one of like the CIA security offices in there. Like I guess if somebody had, had like a background check and then they had the passport office and they had infinite other offices. There was a line of like 300 people to get in. And I was like, well, I hope I don't miss my appointment. <laughs> so now I'm so now I'm sitting here sick. I'm like, I just flew literally across the country to get this. And then I waited in line. There were, there were like 300 people funneling through one metal detector, one. And it took me almost an hour. To, actually, I think it took me over an hour, right? Because I, I didn't get in. Over an hour. Yeah, I didn't get into like nine. Brian sent a second message to our group chat saying, "I don't think this is going to happen. I'm going to miss my appointment, and I'm not going to get my thing. We're all fucked." Yes. yes. <laughs> so I get. I was in. on a. I was on a plane while this was happening. <laughs> so So I don't get. I don't get to the physical office until like nine fifty, and my appointment was at nine. I'm sitting here like, this is insane. Like, I cannot believe this happened. Like, I cannot believe, I could not believe that was the point of failure. I could not believe waiting in line at the physical office was where it all came crashing down. And every other ridiculous thing had had worked. But I got up there and um, like the three people in line in, in front of me, when they're checking in, they say their point was for 9.30 and the security officer's just like, okay, just go. So I'm sitting here, okay, I have hope. He lets me in, I get it all done. Um, and like, it just pretty much just worked. And I was shocked that I was allowed in 50 minutes late, but you know, whatever. Um, I guess it's very regular for them because if I was in that line, I'm sure literally everyone else that had an appointment for my time was in that line also. But yeah, so I got my last minute passport, um, somehow then flew back to Virginia that night. So I was in Houston for less than 24 hours. Then Jeff and I flew to Mexico Thursday. And met up with Jesse and Bowden. And then, mm. yeah, then, then then it somehow all worked out. Like, now that it's been two weeks and I'm, like, thinking back on it, it's, like, doesn't even seem that ridiculous. But at the time, it was, like, I could not believe that I went to Texas to get a new passport a day before I left. <laughs> like, that was just, I feel like... um Everyone that we talked to was just like, nah, I'm, I'm just staying home there. Like, I'm just taking the L. I'm like, well, if it yeah. was a single event, 100%, yeah. I would have just gone, that sucks. <laughs> I'm not going. But because it was a team event and you both, like, literally couldn't play if I didn't go, I felt like I actually had to just get it done, which um, 
We fucking you know. hated you. Yeah, I know. We were so but, tilted. But we all, no, you know, but we but all got No, there. no, 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 no. Bowden and I both said, it was, like, very surreal, and Bowden messaged me, he's like, I'm not even mad. And I'm like, I'm sitting there in the, the fucking government office getting my passport, and I'm like, you know, I'm not even mad either. I'm just, like, disassociating from the situation, and it doesn't even feel, like, real. I was not even, I wasn't even the bit, like, not even close to being upset that Ryan had just fucked up and was potentially ruining our weekend. It was just kind of like, whatever. I don't know why, but I, Ryan, Ryan, I think Ryan was more upset because he felt like he was letting us down. And I was like, whatever, I, I just don't care. Then it all worked out. We somehow. had accepted out there. Yeah. And then we and got, then, and then we got, then fourth. I reversed fate. I know. Yeah. Then they got fourth. Maybe we shouldn't have gone. Right. <laughs> yeah so um it i guess we don't we don't need to talk about our like our tournament for mexico city that much because it was in the previous ban list but like very briefly um jeff you've posted the list on twitter and facebook i believe so if anybody wants to see i the like list to that think that it was a uh, inspiration for vegas weekend if oh. Jeff didn't post it, maybe we would have had some secrets, but uh, I think a lot of it was just going to end up being public anyway because they were very obvious cards. But I agree. I, also, shout out to uh, to Ryan playing against Dom. So this is really funny, and I, I need to put this in the ether, but Dom, <laughs> Dom was very sold on a Flunderese deck with no extra deck, and he just goes, boys, it's crazy. You don't have an extra deck. They can't lock five zones. This is my Dom voice, by the way. Yes. And I said, Dom, that sounds hilarious. Your opponent will summon Diablosis. You will not have an extra deck. They will not realize you don't have an extra deck, and they will be sick. And um, apparently, I was passed out on the couch, and Ryan just destroyed Dom with his Kashtira deck, and he didn't have to lock zones at all. And Dom was just like, oh, shit, maybe Kashtira is the truth. And here, here we are now in a yeah. timeline where Dom is a two-time <laughs> 3-3YCS champion with Kashtira. Which I think yeah. is incredibly funny. So but, Steve, um, Steve was so, so it was just me. It was me and Dom <laughs> playing, and then Steve was asleep on the bed, and you were asleep on the couch somehow. Yep. <laughs> and then we played. Yes. We, we played we like slept on the couch. Yeah. And then yeah, we yeah. Play, I think we played like seven games, and he won once. Because at one point Jesse and I came in and we're watching. Oh, I forgot you guys and, came in. I forgot that happened too. Uh, and, yeah, and, was... and then Jesse left, and then I stayed for a little while longer, and then I just kept laughing because of how <laughs> much. Dom just could not win, and the games he did win were like he had to work very hard. Yeah, I think I think that I I think that was what was what pushed him over the edge to be like, okay, maybe this deck isn't good. It's just like even when he like because the disadvantage of not having an extra deck was like you don't have prosperity or extravagance or anything like that, right? So your consistency yeah, so a lot is times like pretty yeah, reduced. he was just drawing like not good hands, <laughs> and then and then and then when he did draw good hands and it would like barely be enough, he's like, okay, this deck is not like with this deck is not good. Um, but yeah, um, do you guys want to quickly brush over like our experiences in Mexico? I like I I had fun. I I got to see and do a lot of cool things, and like I I thought it was fine. Um. Did anyone have any other comments? Like, I thought the language barrier would be a lot more difficult, but it was fine. Like, yeah, that was, what, that was the interesting. What product. most teams did that I was like, oh, that like makes a lot of that sense. Makes sense. Is and they, it was cool. Okay. Yeah, they put they generally put the player that spoke the most English in the middle, so they mm. could help any. So player B was generally the player for our opponents at least who spoke the most English. So then I don't think I had any communication issues at all actually in fact i think 
the player that I played against was new enough English that they would actually just read my English cards if they had a question almost every time. I think there was yeah. only one round where where my opponent had to pull up Neuron for the Spanish translation. Um, and then uh, there were a couple times where maybe like, I think uh, the last round of Swiss, Bowden's opponent didn't didn't speak English. But when my match finished against my opponent, um, th- uh, his teammate helped him communicate with Bowden and it was pretty seamless. So mm. I, uh, The judge yeah. stuff is also pretty like considerate to, uh, to us... Uh english-speaking duelists as well like they even when i said to one of the judges i'm like hey can i go get some water uh from like the you know the the kiosk or whatever it is like the the food truck um and he's just like oh like they might not speak like english like do you want me to order for you i'm like i think i should be okay like i i've gotten down pat how to you know ask for a bottle of water um but he was just like hella helpful and i was like oh that's you know very polite of you like yes like i am in a country where i do not speak the language like i appreciate your help it's very very nice. Yeah, overall, I think the tournament staff was was very very. I don't know if welcoming is the right word. They're very like mm. uh, accommodating. That's the word I they, want. They've very they've they've been there before. You know, yeah, what I mean? of like, we're, yeah. we're not the first. We're not the first. Like you know, uh, non Spanish speaking duelists to come to these events. So like, I think it was just more a shock for us to like see how seamless it was. Yeah, but like you know, we've seen Jesse Asala and Furman do it so often, and it's like. You know, Jesse just wins in, uh, you know, foreign countries so often. And you're like, oh, well, if Jesse can do it, we can do it. Well, not the win part, but more so like, you know, just the communication part. So it was yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Um, and we also, you know, racked up some bounty packs, which is in, we oh, should probably was... sort that out at some point. That I feel like we forgot so that during the Vegas weekend. So I'll make that yeah. a point now. And if mm-hmm. you forget, it's on tape. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then what we, well, I think like, just like the food was like interesting, right? Like we got to eat at some cool places, experience the culture. Everyone got sick at some point. Um, I got to watch, uh, I didn't Lucha get sick Libre. Oh, well, I guess it was just, uh, me it and was, the, uh, the other, it was literally everyone was. else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Everyone who stayed an extra day, Ryan and I left a day early and we didn't get sick. Mm. Everyone got sick yeah. after that. Well, we, we we got sick before the event. We got sick. Wow. We got sick like the Saturday night. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Oh yeah, but, you um, and Jesse got sick Saturday uh, yeah. or like Saturday or Friday or something. Yeah, forgot about that. But yeah, like uh, I, I think everything like when people are sort of apprehensive about going to places like Mexico, you know what I mean? It's just like everyone's just like, oh yeah, Mexico City is like dangerous. This and that's like, no, nah, I felt pretty safe. I'm not gonna lie. Like I I I, I like did not look for any trouble and it did not find me. And uh, you know what, like random white dude like myself can uh, survive in Mexico City, then so can you if you're listening yeah. and want to go travel to a, a YCS uh, in, you know, Mexico. Yeah. But, Overall, yeah. I think just the fact that it was like back-to-back weekends and when I'm like, when mm. I'm like unpacking it all, I'm like, man, I'm so exhausted is probably mm-hmm. souring my experience a little bit of just like maybe if I had, you know, like not had the back-to-back events and I would have like stayed one well, more day or something. Like maybe I would have had like more. What, what well, I, I think there like, are actually... You didn't have to get your passport. Yeah. Right? Oh, that like, too. <laughs> yeah, that one too. So, on top of that, I think there's like 
a couple things that like might sour our experience and might make it think well it's there's nothing to do with mexico itself one it's the yeah. traveling thing yeah two it's the fact that we got fourth Ugh. um yeah. third it's it's the fact that the event that we were playing in we knew didn't really matter because we already had knew there was a ban list and we'd rather spend that time working towards a new ban list yeah. right? it just felt like kind of like well this is just an event where like we're here because we fucking booked it but it feels pointless because it's because next format. week, because we, we we originally booked it because we thought it would be fun to play. We we were like, oh, there's a team event in Mexico a week before the team event in Vegas. Like we can just well, play both. We also and it had would be Nishad fun. on our. We team also as had well, Nishad. Right? Yeah, Nishad was supposed to go yeah. to Mexico, <laughs> and then he and then he dropped out long before I made us think we weren't going. Mm-hmm. And then, and I don't even remember how we convinced Jeff to go. It was just I don't know, but but we did. Bowden said it ironically, and I was actually considering it. I, well, <laughs> I not considering it, but I had thought about what it would be like to go play in Mexico with the Kashira cards because I like the Kashira cards. Mm, yeah, and then because it'd be the first time you got to play them, usually you're at kind of an advantage because not a lot of people. Um, sit there and play for long periods of time before an mm. event with, with new cards. So I was like, oh, maybe they just give us an advantage. And then Max was like, if you want to go, just go. And I was like, okay. I was nervous about it because I'd never been. It's my first time out of the country outside of Canada, basically. So I was nervous about that. But then, yeah, like Bowden said, everything was fine. And I signed more cards and took more pictures than I have at any American YCS ever. So yeah, yeah. a lot of people came up and were like, Jeff, I'm so happy you finally came to South America. And then, you know, Jeff had a chat and, and North, signed a Central card. America, and Central America. Central Yes. Yes, yes. Yes, you are right. Well, anywhere okay. south of <laughs> North America. Yes. Like, so everyone, uh, everyone was so <laughs> – so many people were so happy that – because because they, I guess, you know, similarly how Jeff had never gone to – an event outside of North America, they had never really had the opportunity to go to a North American event. So, and mm-hmm. you know, Jeff is a Jeff is a, has been a name in Yu-Gi-Oh for a long time, and a lot of these people are like, oh, even as I think somebody even may have said as 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 late as like ten years ago, they saw a deck that you made and that like changed how they played the game, and they were right. so happy that you finally, you know, went to one of these events. Like it was a lot I, of people. Too, it was a lot of people. I too signed some cards, and someone said <laughs> Altergeist was their favorite deck, but uh, that's a different story. Um, I, I think so. This is something I want to I want to touch on real quick as well. I, I think when you have two events on the same weekend, which you know they had France, we don't really have to like go too much over France. That format is done, um, but you have like this big disparity in terms of like knowing what was happening in both events because I feel like. Usually when two events overlap, it's either uh, a special event, whether it be the 200, 250, or so, you know, obviously like those milestone events, whether on the same weekend, or you have, um, you know, like it's going to be in Latin America, uh, and then it's just going to be in like Europe or something. Like there's just going to be that very blatant overlap. And the big downside, I think, uh, is that there's very little coverage, well, you know, little, if any at all, um, compared to Europe which has the stream and i think that's like not like discouraging but it would be nice to like see even just some written coverage for uh the latin american events and i know they've had it before and i think especially with photon hypernova being the fresh set it would have been interesting to see like maybe what could because we did we didn't really even get to see like what a lot of the teams were playing like in terms of cash hero like if there was anything interesting you know i feel like for us it was different like we just saw the people that we played against you know we're not actively like this guy's playing this cool deck and like 
I feel like maybe some inspiration was left in Mexico City that could have been transferred to Vegas. But, um, you know, who's to say without any coverage, like kind of kind of a dud. Um, but I think yeah, Konami maybe should just make sure that every event has ample coverage because then it, you know, it makes makes the experience a bit more livelier. You know, you know who won in Mexico City. I think some people are just like, oh, Jesse won an event in like uh, I'm trying to trying to think which event that only had written coverage and no feature matches or anything. And someone's just like, I didn't know Jesse won that one. It's like, yeah, you don't because it's on the Konami blog and they yeah. had one photo of him holding up like the belt or like the trophy or something. It's like, yeah, exactly. Of course you don't know. Like, no, no one knows. <laughs> yes, but, literally yeah. nobody except us. Yeah, literally nobody mm-hmm. except the people Jesse told knows. <laughs> yes. Well, when, oh, Jesse, you got another trophy? He's like, yeah. Jesse Mesh's group chat, I won, lol. <laughs> you know, and then that's, yeah, so and then we don't speak of it again. Yeah. Oh, or a solo messages. Uh, yeah, I think Jesse wins. We're like, oh, cool. That's oh it, yeah right? getting getting like the the live coverage through facebook messenger is always nice just someone typing it to us it's like <laughs> well jesse looks like he's gonna win oh he won cool it's like, yeah, yeah i guess so i Absolutely. love this yeah so i guess we can transition so overall i'd say i did have a good experience in mexico city um it was also my first uh well it wasn't my first non-north american event because obviously i've been to australia a few, a few times but it was my first um central american event and um you know, I enjoyed it. Um, I'm glad that it was a team event. I think it would have. I, I think I would have had a, a worse time, or maybe it would have been more intimidating if it wasn't a, a team event. Mm. Um, and maybe, as I said, it's it, it's the back to back weekend experience that's like kind of souring it. Of just like I'm sitting here now. I've been home for a day, and I am still absolutely exhausted. And the last thing I want to think about is going to another event, <laughs> you know? So, so I'm sitting here thinking like, I don't think I would go to a solo Central or Latin American event again, just because uh, like I'm sitting here now and how exhausted I am. But that's probably just the back-to-back weekends it's talking. And maybe as it gets closer, I definitely am not going to Lima in March. That's only two <laughs> weeks away. And I'm definitely, there's no way that I will be able to, there's no way I can justify that. But you know, maybe yes. sometime in the I, future. I have to play my Battle Spirit saga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But, um, you know, <laughs> if, there's, a, me. if um, there's another 3v3 yeah. in a Central or, or Latin American territory, like, I'd probably mm. be open to discussing going. Like, it, it was it was. Fun. Yeah. Like, like you said, like, a lot of the pressure is just, like, off you. And, uh, you know, the language barrier can be mitigated by having three matches and, you know, three people essentially just, like, helping you navigate it, right? Like, you're less intimidated of, like, 1v1, he, he said, she said, what have you. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's just, like, a lot of the benefit that comes from a 3v3. But I, I would be welcome to playing, you know, like, an individual event. I, I felt like a lot of my games won. Like, like we said, like, there was no real issue. Um, so if it translates to a, you know, like just a normal YCS, I, I'd be more than welcome to it. You know, it'd be just nice to see some new places could be cool. Um, but yeah, like you said, <laughs> too much travel. <laughs> if, I already have to travel 14 hours to get to, uh, just to LA. So if I have to travel, you know, another 10, it's like, it's gotta be worth it for me, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So I guess now we transition into Vegas. So this was the new, the new format. Right. And it was like, Mm -hmm. we had less time than we would have liked to. So it was playing Mexico right before Vegas was weird for us. I think, because I feel like Jeff and I probably had an advantage in terms of experience playing Kashtira Mm -hmm. because we played a whole tournament with it when other people did not have that opportunity. However, it also colored our experience a little bit differently because we were playing in it, you know, against a different format. You know, we, we, our deck mm. was very heavily tech against 
uh, two elements because that was the deck that we expected to see. And then we really just had to look at our deck and be like, okay, there's no two elements. So like six of our main deck slots are just completely changed. And then like, however, I do want to point out that we both kind of said, I think we just cut these cards that are good against tier and add these other cards. And that's literally exactly that what is we what we know. That, that's what I'm saying is mm-hmm. like, is like, we were just like, if we just cut these and put in other cards, but, but I think we, yeah, so it was very obvious that that was the changes we had to make. I don't think it was obvious what cards we had to put in. Well, it was just changes. so undefined, right? Like yeah. we, you know, like the the gap is so short. And um, I think this is the other the other funny thing that people have talked about uh, the last couple times. Dueling Book has that really arbitrary, like we will not put the ban list up until it is legal, and it's just like why you are already infringing on Konami IP, just make it legal a week before everyone will appreciate you a lot more. Who gives a shit? Um, <laughs> and like, I think that would definitely uh, either fix or create issue with events that happen the week of a list becoming legal. Right. Like that's, that's like the big thing. And that's what we had with Vegas. Like imagine dueling book, letting people play new list rated. You have the grinders and you get all of that information, all that knowledge in such a short period of time, instead of just like, you know, you get two days worth of like scope knowledge, which I, I think Jeff was referencing every single time. He's just like, these are the numbers that I'm just like, do we have enough? It's like, eh, maybe. That was so like, I don't really play on Dueling Book anymore. Like, mm. I haven't in many years, honestly. But scope is something I do kind of enjoy. Um, I I like just like, you know, checking out every once in a while. And um, one thing that actually kind of convinced me that like, Maybe Kashira is like a lot better than the other decks that I thought. Is um, I was looking at the win rate of of of, of these decks, and like the the win rate really only matters when you take into context the play rate as well. And mm. at the time, right before the event, Kashira and Branded had almost the same play rate. I think Kashira had maybe yeah. like two percent more games played. And that and like and, and they were the two most played decks, and Kashira's win rate was like twelve percent higher than Brandon. It was, I was like way whoa. Higher. Yeah, <laughs> I was like whoa. It like, was like fifty something percent to sixty something. Percent. I, I believe it was like fifty two or fifty three to like sixty four or something. And now and now that, I think it's that's actually, what it is right now. Is actually so Brandon yeah, on Julie really Book yeah. has a like twenty more played rate than Kashira. And the plate rate and the win rate is sixty four percent for Kashira and fifty three percent for Branded. Yeah, I. It is yeah, it's it's ten percent, and then like Sword Soul has like fifty percent, and like you know, and 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 um, that's not the end all be all, obviously, because uh, how it like picks out decks is like a Kashira deck that just bricks or just like scoops without playing any cards will not show up as Kashira. you know same same with any of these decks it's like any deck where they just concede without like playing a card it doesn't like register however because it is in matches that would have to mean they did not play a Kashira card the entire match which is obviously much less likely because if you do not play a card you will probably go first and then play some cards and then the the algorithm will pick up that you're playing Kashira and then it will update appropriately but Still, it's uh... something to note is that I don't know why, but Yu-Gi-Oh! Scope does not detect Labyrinth as a deck. Interesting. That is so based on my very limited knowledge of how it works is they have to manually determine what cards make up an archetype. So if Labyrinth was not a popular deck at all prior to the last update, 
they would have to like go in personally and say uh and say like um uh you know like labyrinth cards make a deck whatever you know like because then there are some of these hybrid decks where it's like you know sword soul tenny it's like they have to manually put that in um but i have not i've not uh heard how 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 their systems work in quite a while so i could be out of date with that information but uh, I'm actually on the page right now. It says if you want to suggest changes to deck stream on Discord. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, maybe. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, I'm gonna check one thing real quick is the play rate Lady Labyrinth of the Silver Castle. Yeah, you can you what can look the, at the on, on the single the card. So it's five thousand. It's 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 on the second page and it's like very high on the second page. So So you can go to match cards and then just type in lab. And yeah. then it, uh, so like Lady Labyrinth is 5,000 games played, 56, yeah. with a 56% yeah. win rate. Which when um, you compare it to Kashira, like Kashira, Fen- so Fenrir has, has much higher play than Unicorn because Fenrir can, played in, can be played in multiple decks. Like, uh, so if, it looks like Lady Labyrinth of the Silver Castle has been summoned half as many times as Unicorn. So labyrinth probably has a pretty good representation that just isn't picked up on the deck algorithm yet so that could be interesting when that gets added uh to see to see if that actually changes anything or if that actually like skews how we look at this format but hmm. you know this is all like take it with a grain of salt it's not a perfect system but it is information no. that you know it could be somewhat useful if you if you if you look at it through the right lens but um yeah i i would say like in our the deck that we ended up playing so uh, we, Bowden and Nishad and I made a deck profile. Um, I believe it's on Bortles' channel, so you can check that out. Um, it is. It's it's pretty it's pretty thorough actually. Like I I guess I was fueled by by rage having just lost <laughs> in top sixteen that I was like I will make sure everybody knows the secrets of Kashira. Like I will you know whatever. But um, Jeff uh, teamed with Mike Albanese and uh, Max and. Mike and Jeff played. Did you guys end up playing the same deck exactly, even the side yeah, deck? So or all, just the all, all, deck? Yeah, yeah, all five of us played the same exact deck. Okay, yeah, so we all play, play, play the same deck. So that's that's out there. Um, also, so Jeff has the Mexico City list on Facebook. I have, I posted the the Vegas list on Facebook and maybe on Twitter. I actually don't remember. I posted it on Twitter. If I have, it was on Twitter as well. It was on Twitter yeah. as well. Okay, it might have so actually have... just also ended up on Instagram. You might have clicked the button. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. follow me on on anything and see the Kashira deck. But um, basically the approach that 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 we took, you know, I'm not gonna go into super super detail because we did the deck profile and explained it already. But um, we played much more minimalistically, general uh, than most other people. We weren't really just like doing the crazy combo and hoping our opponent didn't have Nibiru or Lava Golem or Sphere Mode. We were generally just making Arise Heart in four summons. So it plays around Nibiru, Lava Golem, and Sphere Mode. And then we had, what, 15 defensive cards? We had Ash, eight, Nibiru, eight yeah. Book of Moon, Forbidden Chalice, and Forbidden Lance. And then we still incorporated the Preparations and Ogre that we did in, in, in Mexico City as well uh, to give us, you know, like an, an extra layer of uh, recursion. So... Yeah, we we just kind of played around most of the cards that we thought like we played around the cards that we thought you pretty much couldn't beat if if they resolved against you, right? Like if you yes. go super 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 wide and then you just get sphere moded first action, you can't win. Like it doesn't matter what you did, you literally can't win. 
if they didn't drink. <laughs> so it was one of those where we're like, well, a rise hard defense mode is pretty good. That is Dryden and Macrocosmos and more because sometimes you prosperity. Oh, and then because this was our approach, we we adjusted the extra deck to have like the the pretty greedy like prosperity uh targets where it was like Garura, Natis, Goliath. Um Garura was probably the most relevant one, honestly, where you attach it under a rise heart, and then if they kill your arise heart, you draw a card. So then yeah. you actually just recur even more resources. Because one thing this deck is actually very good at doing is if they clear your board, that means you are free to summon Unicorn and, and Fenrir, assuming you still have copies of them left. So Garuda drawing extra cards really helps you to make sure that you will have some some follow-up. And um you know, I know Jeff's experience didn't go as well as uh as ours did no but basically however we talked about how things should go all those things that we talked about and when theorizing how things should work out worked for Bowden, ryan nashad and the exact opposite happened to me yes it was it was like um so you, like for you them, were just like bricking on like multiple was, on multiple like hand like traps and it was like uh, and yeah stuff like that yeah. So like yeah like I mean, that kind of happened like, to me in Mexico. For him. Like in and, Mexico, uh, I bricked on all the defensive cards quite a few times, and like you know, there's like we were playing the max amount of engine you really can. Like unfortunately, it just happens, right? Like in top four, yeah. I just passed. You know, like that sucks. <laughs> and it, it was also just funny because like yeah, we talked about how uh, Mike was like, yeah, Nibiru was just the best card, and then you guys were like, yeah, Nibiru was broken. Nibiru and was so good. <laughs> <laughs> and then and for me, I would draw, like, two of them and a Fenrir and would be, like, Fenrir, like, guy pass. And then my opponent would just kill me with, with like, four summons or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Or, like, what would happen even more is that, like, I would win the die roll and make, like, a mediocre play. And Mike would lose the die roll and Nibiru his opponent. And then my opponent knew I was playing Nibiru, probably, and then played around it. So... Yeah. It was just, yeah, a very, very un- unfortunate way the event turned out. But, you know, yeah. it, it just... It Overall, happened. I think our deck was actually pretty good, though. Like, I think, like... I think the approach is definitely... Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think the, the approach... compared to everyone, honestly. Yeah. I think, um... So, Lance performed worse this weekend than it did in Mexico. Which was expected. Right? Which, do you, really? You think that's expected? Well, I kind of expected it to be better because I expected more people to be on Book of Eclipse and Book of Moon. Well, Lance, I thought, so I think Lance did do that in Mexico City, but it was also incredible against the True Element Trap cards. So because those were no longer really in the meta. I mean, so, so don't get me wrong. I think like Lance was still like a good card for me. Like, like Lance swung a lot of games in my favor. Um, and it's definitely still a card. Like I don't regret putting it in my deck. I just think without all the Trellement decks, like I never had that opportunity of like summon unicorn into your board. They flip meta noise. I lance my unicorn and I win instantly. You know that didn't really happen anymore. Now it was just like a rise hard in defense mode, set a lance, and then like my opponent tries to tactics take it, and then I lance, and they're like, oh, <laughs> you know, like that was pretty good. Um, but the 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 problem, I guess, with Lance now versus Mexico City is when you're against like tier elements and they're playing their turn, Lance is guaranteed to be a functional card because it will stop the trap card they search. 
when you play the mirror, if they just happened to only draw engine, then your lance doesn't do anything. So it is mm-hmm. less consistent than than I think it was last week in that in that matchup. Um, there were still a number of decks that I felt like like I I could almost conceive siding out lance in the mirror, but at the same time, everyone's going to have eclipse and book of moon and stuff. So I still kept it in most of the time, but um, I only against I, I, some really weird decks did I side it out actually. Yeah, no, I yeah I agree. Um, I also think that like cards like infinite Imper- infinite permanence is the second most played card outside yeah. of ash Blossom. we did not play it uh, i think that card is terrible but yeah uh, and i wish that i did play it I yeah, instead of nibiru good. or instead of something it's, it's, else instead of nibiru yeah um but that but that was just me from my experience i could just be biased because of how everything went whereas yeah. i i think my i would have won games where i had infinite permits in my hand over the the, the nibiru but um that's either here nor there, uh, yeah. but uh, but uh, as long as we talk about like um, forbidden lance, something I think that forbidden lance will also become better going forward, at least in the immediate future, because I think soon to be, I think the second most popular deck will be the labyrinth deck, yes. and that card uh, kind of blanks a lot of their most powerful cards. So it lets yeah. you play around skill drain, it lets you play around the pop traps and the removal traps and all that. Um, and it's something that you can like main deck that doesn't feel as bad in other matchups compared to like maining cosmic cyclone or something, which is another card that we talked about maining at one point. Yeah. So um, I actually my one loss in Swiss was to Walter Jewel, and he had cosmic in his side. De- I talked to him after the event, and I believe he said it was in the side deck, and he cosmic my field spell game three and it like bricked my whole hand because my hand had like econ and chalice. And I was like, Whoa, these don't do with cosmic cyclone, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, and then, um, and then he was saying that cosmic performed very well for him as well because, um, cosmic on birth is just very good. Um, you know, birth is the card that I think a birth is the card that like, I look at some of these, like, you know, like Japanese deck lists, and they're only playing two birth because it bricks or whatever. And I'm like, birth is just the best card in this deck. Like, I, yes. I just, mm. it is so good. It is the and only it, way that you have any recursion. And if it, if is, it gets it is passed better than you, Theosis, I don't it, care. oh, it is, it is, it is a lot better. If, if, if it gets passed back to you and you have a birth face up on the field and your first action is activate birth, you win almost every time. Because they have to answer it if they have an answer, and then you're free to play the rest of your cards. Or if they don't have an answer, you've already won. You know, and 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 just hard drawing that card is so strong. Obviously, it doesn't do anything on its own, but it combos with almost every other Kashira card. Which I guess like Theosis does too, but Theosis doesn't stay on your field every turn <laughs> and keep winning the game. You know, and 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 he was saying he had a lot of success with um just cosmic, just chaining cosmic onto birth, and it's like that doesn't really help going second, really. Um, but going first, I can see how that really can just lock down the game of just like a rise heart will answer one of their first summons, then they'll play a guy and they'll search a guy, and or you cosmic the field spell, or uh, you know they have to play birth to play through land uh, to play through book of moon or whatever. So I can see that, and that is a card that we talked about. We talked about it more for, for Mexico City because um, you know uh, cosmic has the confirm on like Trout Trellum and Sulik which is an experience that I had very much at YCS Minneapolis when, when I was playing Sprite. I just, I just, I don't know, became like possessed by like a demonic spirit and just main Cosmic Cyclone. And I just Cosmic Cyclone to Solik like every round and just won instantly. And I was like, that was a pretty weird experience. Maybe we can do it again. 
but that is kind of where like you know the inspiration for for lance came from it's just like what's a card that's a little bit a little bit less narrow than cosmic cyclone that can you know block all these traps and also protect us from the weird like dark ruler dark hole eclipse situations so um we didn't play book of eclipse and i didn't regret not playing it neither did i yeah i never got book of eclipse and when mike got book of eclipse he still he won, still won. <laughs> yeah. um mm-hmm. yeah it was really interesting so uh, this kind of goes back to where we talk about um our extra deck with like the greedy extra deck cards yeah uh it makes it so like so mike got book of eclipse and had Natis and garura underneath it and his under or his arise heart and then his opponent had to clear it which meant he got to draw a card and pop his opponent's card um and then the disparity and like advantage at that point was reset in Mike's favor. So Book of Eclipse was basically just rendered inert. Like you cleared his monster that turn, but you couldn't kill him. You couldn't do a whole bunch of other stuff. Mike still got to pop a card and draw a card. Um, and I think that because of the greedy extra deck, it does like make those cards like book of eclipse way less good against us when we're just ending with like one monster and three back row right yeah and then i also um with the with the with the extra deck uh i had one play this was like this was not anything so we had discussed many 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 scenarios where it gets detached and then it like triggers and there was one that came up i believe it was my round it might have been my round eight maybe maybe it was a little bit earlier but like when it happened, I felt like a literal genius. And I was like, this guy thinks I planned this out, but I did not. <laughs> Where um, my Arise Heart had attached all of the stuff, right? It attached uh, a Garura, an Atis, whatever. And then I stop his first guy. And then he starts going off. And then he he has to keep summoning because, you know, if he doesn't, now it, it just passes back to me. My Arise Heart has nine materials and I win. So... He, when he makes his last push, I Nibiru, I Nibiru, and in Nibiru is my own Arise Heart. So now I Nibiru his whole board, and then um, it triggers Natis and Garura. So then I draw, and then Natis pops my own, pops Nibiru. My own Nibiru. So now yeah. it isn't stopping me from summoning more Kashtiras on my own turn. And I was like, that play looked really planned out. Uh-huh. Big, big eye, take your token. <laughs> no, and then I, yes. Yeah. And then, and then I made big eye and took his token <laughs> and attacked. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's, huh. I was like, hmm, what a cool play. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think that our exact deck list will fly moving forward. Obviously it's very rare that an exact deck list is still optimal after, you know, because now everyone's seen the top deck list and they've played a tournament. Even if they haven't seen the top deck list, they've played a tournament where they've experienced what some of these cards do. They have a better grasp of the deck, maybe. I wouldn't be shocked if we see a much larger uptick in Ogre and Preparations. Um, did Dom, his we team played have. it, right? Sorry? Yes. Dom's t- yeah, so, so a- a- they... Every, everyone was playing it, yes. Yes, well, no, the, I had some people. I had some people still no, have no, to read it I, but... on their on their team. Oh, either. everyone on their team was playing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I think we'll see a pretty big uptick in the play of Ogre in preparations, which unfortunately I think makes the mirror much harder. You know, because that was I think like actually an advantage that we had was we were playing those cards and we built our deck around those cards, 
and other people didn't have access or well, other people weren't playing them. So it was an advantage that we had when we were playing like this and maybe we have to adjust. It kind of makes me think of like the Monarchs Erupt where like a Monarch Mirror, if one person played the Monarchs Erupt, or not Monarchs Erupt, uh, what's the and Escalation of the Monarchs? Monarch of the Monarchs no, 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 right? Oh, Escalation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Escalation. Oh. Where if one person in the Monarch Mirror had Escalation in their yeah. deck and they were setting up Escalation for Erebus on the opponent's turn and the other person didn't have Escalation in their deck, it was incredibly difficult. And it and this kind of makes me feel like that where it's like, where, where it's like, you know, some of our opponents were just setting up the three material rise heart in defense mode to play around Nibiru, but they didn't play Ogre and they didn't play play prep. So all we had to do was clear that and it was so much easier. And then like, then then we go first and we do that and we set up prep. And then now they're staring down essentially a second a second birth and another Fenrir that's coming back, you know, on 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 their turn. So it was a lot a diff- lot more difficult, I think. But now I think we'll see kind of equalize. And now maybe we have to find, you know, new ways to, uh, new cards to beat that sort of setup. I personally think Kaijus this is will be much next, better. Yes. Yeah. I personally think Kaijus will be much better next event. Yeah. So because, this is where I want, I do want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. That's what I was waiting to, waiting yeah. to say is that when people see that the most optimal plays or could like one of the most optimal play is to go like three material arise and then like support back row. Then it kind of returns to if people are going to use kaijus to deal with that. Then the correct play more often than not is just to go wide, right? Yeah. Yeah, so and then everything. it puts you in this revolving situation of okay, well now like Nibiru and Lava Golem are broken again, and then if that happens, then you, it goes back to okay, well then you have to go back to three material rise, and it's this constant fluctuation that I don't think is healthy for the game. Yeah, be- because mm. there is a never ending. Okay, what about this? Will we do this or that? It'll, and then now it, it's it, just it, guessing. Because and yeah, it's just yes. It's like a rock, event, paper, scissors. Yeah, but for, the rock, paper, scissors is really annoying. For this event, I don't think it was guessing. For this event, no, I for, think no, for this, one or guessing. zero of my opponents had kaijus in their deck, and my play beat their deck every single time. However, now that the way that we sort of played is 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 as Bowden says out there in in the you know like ether, ether like yeah. now that line of play probably doesn't fly because. There are less counters to it, but the very specific counter to it being a kaiju is incredibly effective. So, yeah, I kind of agree. It's like um, something that I thought was interesting is if you play kaijus, you have to play the double lingeribo though, because if you get Iblid, actually kaijus kind of out. If, if you play two lingeribos, then uh, they diablosis one. Or they don't, I guess, because it's since you have two. But you know, mm-hmm. um, you make a lingeribo, and then you kaiju them, and now the kaiju's in attack mode. So now the lingeribo can can crash, and then you can start playing main phase two, which I think actually matters yeah. a lot. Um, you know, it actually gives you a way to consistently clear the Ibli. Oh so. no, for, for sure. So like, I when I when I was like tanking on that though, I was like, well, if you can do the double Shanga era play, maybe you go for the double Diablosis line. Like, how how wide do you have to go? Do you even have to end on a Rise Hot? How ignorant can you sort of you know space it out? Yeah. And you play like the small world Ibli package, like game one, and then just hope that you resolve combo every time. Where it's just like your hand is either a combination of Ibli three card combo to rip two and then lock five. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's rip two lock five, right? Something like that. For what? Um, for the, or you for the like have a small world. You have yeah, to make two Shangri-Eras. 
you have to make no, two no, no, shanger the, ears the, to the lock double, five. The double diablosis, though, right? That still won't lock five. It'll only lock. It only lock. It only lock one extra zone, because the second four. diablosis uh, won't trigger to banish the top of their deck. So you you do have to make two shanger ears to lock five, as far as I know. Yes. Because that would only yeah because that would be rise heart diablosis yeah, diablosis yeah, yeah, yeah. diablosis no, yeah, it's only four I'm yeah. trying to remember like the the random combinations that we had where it would let you do it but I think it's just like you just do it and then lock like if you can still end a rise on that board and then like their only play is like normal summon make Donna then it's probably just fine right like they're just gonna do that anyway so if you can lock four uh, I don't know overthinking it but um like I think it's still like very committal. And then if you play the cards like Small World, it's probably just like, uh, I don't know. Like Jeff said, it's just like not a fun way to play Yu-Gi-Oh! when this becomes the case. I, I really now, like the Now we're just guessing. Yeah. Instead of instead of like actually preparing, now we're just like, well, like... Well, there, yeah, at this, at that, <laughs> then it becomes there is no preparing. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no way to... There's no way to cover all of your bases. And then so it's, it's, it's kind of like you, before you had to pick your poison, like yeah. you know, of how you want to... Uh, approach yeah. things so you're you're gonna play like oh well you know you're gonna play against uh sorry for mexico i'm jumping ahead like you can either base your deck around beating the tier mirror or you can play cards that are bad against tier and uh, to try and beat kashtira yeah and and uh, again so it's like what do you, what do you do you're it's just a losing battle each time and i think yeah. that is what makes um is probably going to be one of the most unfortunate things about this format going on. Um, besides the fact that just locking all the zones is really not cool. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, you know, and we have, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we have Lima in two weeks, two or three weeks. And then we have the 250th, uh, which will be obviously a huge event across, you know, three different te territories um in just a little over a month right i think 30 mm -hmm. 36 days 35 days something like that so that'll be april yeah. you know, april 1st and 2nd so you know we'll see i i don't i don't think because of what Bud was talking about earlier where lima doesn't really have that much coverage i doubt any of like the tactics from lima will really make it into like the public no. eye I think it's very unlikely. Well, any anyone that does well is just going to keep it. Or secret, they'll just not right? say anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or or they yeah. just won't just won't say anything. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So I feel like it really will just be like the only type of innovation will maybe come from like like and I don't know people. Like, I guess there's some regionals before that mm -hmm. maybe we'll see some something cool pop from there. There but... are some like again there like. A lot of these will not be covered. There will be no reason to like yeah. publicize anything. Um, I think there might be like uh, some of the larger opens in Europe, uh, whether it be in Germany and the UK. Those are usually streamed, and they'll have like commentary. So that's like okay, but they're like Swiss tournaments. It's just like a four hundred person regional, like USA, yeah. where it's just like uh, I, I guess you see it, but like mm -hmm. why would you play you know your crazy deck there if you could play it at the two fifty? Exactly. So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think we're kind of we're kind of like it seems it seems odd to be here after one event, but because you know it seems weird to be like we're here after one uh, one event of a brand new ban list and a brand new set, but most of the decks people have, with the exception of Kakashira, people have just been playing these decks for months, right? Like most of them, like. 
Branded got a couple new tools, but for the most part, it is very similar to the deck that it's always been. People well, been I, I would, I mean, Labyrinth time. also just got a new card. Yeah, so that well, makes yes, yes, Labyrinth got, got a new card, but it just feels bad to be talking about like the format is pretty close to solved after one. I think it's also just because Kashira had so much hype around it that everybody was talking about how to beat it and how to play it before it came out for like a month, right? So it's kind of disingenuous to say like it's been one event and it's already solved. It was not solved because of one event. It's 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 getting closer to being solved because it is the only thing anybody has been talking about for a month and a half, right? Like literally the only thing. Right. Like everyone already stopped talking about Tirishizu even before the ban list just because it was pretty solved. Like there was something, you know, like I guess like uh, the discourse had sort of, you know, like run, run, run its course, I guess. There was nothing left for anybody. You know, like there were no more funny tier element tweets that Farfa can make. So, you know, now <laughs> we're on, you know, so so now we're on to funny Kashtura tweets. And it's like, I guess. So everyone is like pretty prepared for what's going on, I suppose. But I don't know. Um I am, I am, I'm, I'm probably going to stick with Kashtira. Like it would take a lot to really bring me off this deck, but I'll definitely dabble with Labyrinth and, and, uh, probably not branded. <laughs> I don't, I don't have a whole lot of faith in that deck, honestly. No, um, yeah. I just don't like that. I just don't like that I'm deck not, too much. I, I to mean, be honest. I've, I've stated multiple times. I like beer jades, one of my favorite cards and I love branded, but you couldn't pay me to play that deck this format. <laughs> yeah. But, um, e- even without people hard targeting it, I feel like there's so many cards that are just inherently there that people don't know why they're playing, and then by default they're just beating branded, which is very yeah. disappointing. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, oh, the guy that loves putting anti spell in his side deck will yes, anti spell, and it's like, <laughs> or while, while anti spell might not be that good uh, with like Cartesia existing, like obviously it's just gonna you know make your turn a lot more difficult, and it's just like you'll lose some games that you shouldn't be losing because someone is just putting you know the barrier anti spell what have you in this especially sideboard. dimensional barrier which has seen a lot yeah. of play this last weekend but, but like like i said though like whether it's correct or it isn't it's like 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 branded literally has to have so much uh go correct for it to you know run super deep in events like these it's very disappointing but it's also just like you can just get I ashed i think that's also the yeah. crazy one right it's just I, like it's it, brand diffusion getting ashed hurts yes. so much it it, I, it, I it does I, it does hurt it does hurt a lot. And this is what Je- what Jesse's problem was. He's like, you just ash and your turn ends, and it's not yeah. quite that simple. But it's like close. now with Cart <laughs> now with Cartesia now it like instead of ending your turn a hundred percent of the time, now it's like fifty percent of the time ash yeah. ends your turn, and that's still too much for me to play the deck. Yeah, it's also like the fact that it it's just a deck that requires so much uh, in engine. Yes. Right, like it's just like oh, which so many cards, and you don't get the luxury. Yeah, yeah, to use things like you know, like Book of Eclipse and things that mm. like let you beat fields going second. Um, it's very hard to to use those cards in that deck, 100%. especially in like a wider format where there's so many. Well, not so many, but like enough good decks that can function, and it just feels like you know it's an uphill battle to do what you could just be doing with a deck that just has higher card quality. Um, that isn't getting floodgated out. Uh, that's you know, Ashtira, it's Labyrinth, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like small engine, uh, large chunk of non-engine that can change as the format progresses and like when it becomes like very uh you know, not not cyclical, but like back and forth in terms of how cards um like their values are being determined event to event. Um, I think that's what Brandon just has like, you know, no benefit. <laughs> like Brandon yeah. will have a benefit when people go, This deck doesn't exist. Let us not side deck for it. 
And when that happens, you have to dodge, you know, literal bullets in Swiss. And then when you make top cut, maybe it's just going to pan out. But um, I'm not seeing that happen anytime soon because I think the deck is still strong enough and people will still account for it with the deck building process. So Yeah. I'm actually shocked how Brandon has not been hit a single time on our list. And in Japan, it just in keeps... Japan, it's been <laughs> in Japan, so it just keeps yeah. catching strays. Like, literally, it'll just be like... It'll literally be like, Brandon has seen no play. Brandon opening to two. Okay, okay, sure. <laughs> and then it's, you know, and you know, then it's like next list. It's just like semi-limit branded fusion. Like, what is happening? You know, like, then nobody is playing this deck at all. And then randomly, it'll just be like, limit branded fusion like then we like like what is going on and then here we just have no hits at all like i don't know what they <laughs> i guess it's because like surely before next surely before cyberstorm access branded has to get a hit of some kind because they get so many more cards in that set too and they're actually good like um what is it the uh what's the grand grand Gunol, whatever her name is um that that summons any Despia from, from the extra deck. And they get like a crazy Despia synchro randomly. Yes, you know, that's in Cyberstorm like Access. The new Baron, basically. Yeah, and it's and it's just like <laughs> Yeah, they get like a new main deck monster and that new one, and it's it's very good. And I fully expect you to be able to play branded at RWCQ. Yeah, but unless they hit it again. It. Or hit it for the first will. time. It's just I don't not think they gonna will have either. fucking results. It's I, not gonna have all the results. I agree. I agree. It probably won't get hit either. But like, I just don't know. Japan just keeps hitting it. They just they just keep they're trying they, to take it. They're just trying to take I, a Luber I, out. Well, I just think <laughs> that it was literally they're like, oh, we're gonna hit cash or uh Chilliment really hard. What could people play after that? And then hit everything else that you could play, not realizing that they're dumb. Yeah. And Chilliment is still one of the best decks there because because they eviscerated every other deck yeah. not only that but they also hit the wrong cards they hit the That's... tier card they hit the tier cards and not enough not of the, not the ishizu cards uh, yeah. Ishizu card, yes. yeah that is that is true which that is i'm glad that the ishizu cards got taken out as quickly as they did here to yes i hate them so much <laughs> we talked about when they first came out like maybe they just get rid of tier element and we find some interesting ishizu decks and then we kept playing them and we're like these cards are not interesting you know, these cards, these cards are no longer interesting. My deck has been milled a few too many times. I'm, I'm done. I'm done with this. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, all right. So I guess we can wrap up this one. Um, we didn't, we, we've talked about this in a previous podcast, but the trap trick structure deck comes out today, which is kind of yes. exciting. Mm -hmm. I think those cards are pretty cool. Um, I think they're pretty cool also. I yeah. So it's funny because like I, I do like those cards a lot. However, I do think as far as trap decks go, they are worse than Labyrinth. I think um, they're worse than Eldritch too. But yes, I do think they're also worse than Labyrinth. Uh, I mean, I, I I don't know about worse than Eldritch right now. but Oh, uh, right now, I guess because of Arise Heart, Eldritch is pretty unplayable. So yeah, I will, I will agree. Um, but... Um, the, the one thing I do think, I mean, if you were to put the like Labyrinth and Trap Tricks up against each other, I think Trap Tricks has a significant advantage. Well, they're unaffected because, by trap cards. Like oh, half yes, of the all, of the, all of their extract <laughs> monsters say they're unaffected by trap cards. However, <laughs> it's it's worse against Kashira simply because uh, you if they lock all your monster zones, then your traps are not as good because your traps are also based around your monsters. Um, 
So it, it's a lot harder to, to, to win there. One thing I was thinking about was like actually just mating like the insect kaijus in the deck and stuff like that. Maybe yeah. trying to mess around with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I, they're cool, but I don't think that they're anything super crazy compared to what we have right now. I I think that Floodgate Trap Hole is an FTK against Kashtira. Yes, so it is. if yes. I play, yeah. if I go to locals and somebody saw Pac's video of opening three Trap Trick Structure decks and playing <laughs> locals, and they Floodgate Trap Hole my Kashtira monster, I'll be very sad. That is that is all. But that's, that is that's all like, I can say about whenever that. Whenever I see that, I just think, yeah, like I'll play my locals with th- like three Trap Trick Structure decks, and I will vouch like. Just literal decks that hod counted me for no reason. That I, you know what I mean? Like you bust five Kashtira. I would love to bust five Kashtira yeah. with three Floodgate Trapple. Even three Bottomless Trapple in my deck. I feel like yes, it's probably bot- good. Bottomless is actually really okay. So something that I think is I'm looking at the at the at the set list for the for the first time in like its in its in its entirety. Something that I think is so funny, and I actually think I actually like really appreciate this as for like. Yu-Gi-Oh! like like history. Did you know Firehand and Ice Hand and Moral Tack are, are 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 in the Trap Trick structure deck? I think that is fantastic. Yes. I think that is right. awesome. That. Do you do you not think that? I think that's very funny. I, I like think that, that I think that is awesome. So for those of you who have not played Yu-Gi-Oh! for 30 years, like we all have, uh in 2014, one of the most played decks at the at the WCQs was called Hat, which which was an acronym for Hand Artifact Trap Tricks. And it was a mm. deck that played Fire Hand, Ice Hand, Sanctum with Moral Attack, and the Trap Tricks cards. Many, not very many of them, because there were not many out at that time. It was uh, Mermelio and... Um, Dionea. Dionea. Right. And then they played Bottomless, and they played, and they played like, uh, the Trap Tricks Trap Hole Nightmare. And sometimes even regular Trap Hole. Just, just vanilla Trap Hole. But, mm. Yeah, so... I think that is very, very cool that they and they even have Thunderhand in here too. Yeah, Thunderhand. Yeah, <laughs> that's that, that's really funny. Yeah, I'm actually about is... to go to locals as soon as this is done and pick up some. Oh, that's some cool, starter yeah. decks. I was thinking of, I might do that this weekend because I do like this deck a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah, so me too. I think that covers super evenly matched. Also, is a nice is a nice pickup. I think. But um, I hate that card. But you this know, is whatever. just a very good structure deck in general. Yeah, it is. This is and it has yeah, common yeah, ash. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah it's common it's ash. Common this is ash. this is a very good structure deck. Brigeki, Harpy's Feather. Yeah, Feather Duster, mm-hmm. Andriaki, mm-hmm. a lot of good traps. Like this is actually like a very good structure deck of like, if if there's somebody who's trying who who trying to like get into the game, I think not only is the card quality in this structure deck very high, I think like it gives you all of the link and exceeds for trap tricks and like those are actually just pretty good. And yes. they teach you like basic interactions of like, you know, like uh, I think this is just a good way to like teach somebody the game. So yeah. Uh, one thing last night on this, I was talking to Bowden about this uh, at, at, at Vegas. I was like, I had a weird shower thought like Saturday morning. Oh no. And I go, <laughs> you told Billy as well. I did tell Billy and he was like, <laughs> Ooh, maybe we got to do something about that. <laughs> you know, but, um, but I was like, so Jeff, imagine, Imagine you enter the uh, the uh, Beware the Trap Tricks uh, side event at a YCS and you set your five trap hole trap cards and your opponent normal summons Mermelio mm-hmm. and you cannot activate any of them. What uh-huh. do you do? What do you do? Your opponent has, like, I just think the, the mirror must be <laughs> abysmal. 
Yes. It must be terrible. It's got to be very, very bad. Your temples <laughs> don't work against the regular monsters, and the rest of your traps don't work against the extra deck monsters. Yes. So. <laughs> it seems awful. It, Anyways, that was my that was my last thought. Um, <laughs> all right. So, any any closing thoughts from from you guys? I think I think we covered everything, but maybe I missed something. No, it was a solid two weeks. Maybe would have been nice to win, but I think we did a uh, we did what we could have done. Yeah. Given this <laughs> Things happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but I enjoyed it. You know, it was fun teaming with everybody. So, and uh, I good. hope. I hope the two fiftieth will be will be as enjoyable as these were because we haven't like I haven't been to an event. The last event I went to was Minneapolis. That was four months ago. So, you know. Yeah, I think next podcast we can talk about leading up to the two fiftieth and what maybe we can expect. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, all right. Thank you all for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our you know travel rants, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs>